Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We have a great program today. I'm here with Sister Maria Veronica. Sister is a, a hermit in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. I mean, you don't talk to or, or hear about a hermit every day, and it's one of those unique vocations. Uh, welcome today, uh, Sister Maria. Thank you. So what is your backstory? People might ask the legitimate question, did you grow up a hermit? <laughs> you know, what, what's the backstory of someone who had, had, is, is uh, living a life of a hermit that intercedes and prays for people within the Archdiocese and the world? Well, I was born in Baltimore City, and about the age of five, I moved to Baltimore County, grew up in a Catholic school, elementary school, and then I had to go to public school because we didn't really have the money for a Catholic school for high school. And along the way, while I was in elementary school, I think at the age of 12, I felt called to religious life and thought when I finished elementary school, I would go into a religious community for my high school years and then enter the community as a sister. But, you know, first I was told yes, and then I was told no by my family. So, okay. So then I had to wait. I made up my mind that when I was 21, that was the age you had to be then to be legal. I was going into religious life the day after I was 21. Well, that didn't work out either because I met my husband when I was 20. (laughs) And when he spoke to me, I felt like I heard the Lord ask me to marry him. And I thought, you know, I'm not, I wasn't counting on getting married. I was counting on going into into religious life. Yes. But as it turned out, we did get married. And then the week before we were married 20 years, I was on a silent retreat. And I kept hearing the Lord calling me into religious life. And I thought to myself, here we go again, right? (laughs) And so finally I said to the Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but you're going to have to tell my husband. And when my husband came to pick me up, he said he saw it written all over my face. And I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So he said, you have to come home with me, but if anything happens to me, you can come back. And I said, okay. Well, two months before he died, I kept getting nudges to go into religious life again. And sure enough, he, he died in July, and by December... I was meeting with Bishop Madden about this vocation. Wow. Now, did he have a long illness or a short illness? Short. Two months. Wow. Two months. So you can see how sometimes the Lord can prepare a person, even if it doesn't make any sense. Right. It's like, where's the avenue for that? You're calling me this religious vocation, but I'm a married person. So it's Mm -hmm. unique in, in your circumstances that the Lord was preparing your heart for this. Well, I will say this. You know, I did visit a couple of religious religious sisters in, in different locations, and one of their questions was, have you ever lived in community? And I said, yes, I was married <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to <Yeah>. other people. <laughs> so, That kind of life. So you felt this call, uh, you felt the initial call, and then you felt a, a real call to get married. When your husband passed away, and now you're kind of discerning this 
this tug and pull towards the life of a hermit particularly, would you say? Or you weren't sure what it was? No, I think it was more contemplative. I was pretty, that was pretty strong that it was contemplative. I think I finally figured out why the Lord wanted me to marry him because he's the one who taught me how to love unconditionally. Well. No matter what. He always signed every card no matter what. Right. And I do too, usually. So. Yeah, so so that question of, so you felt this tug and pull, but was it to be a hermit, or you just, I'm not sure what it is, and then you started navigating those waters, or tell me more about that. I didn't know I was supposed to be a hermit until after I was downsizing my home to move out Yes. and ran into a basement full of books on hermits. <laughs> you had some in your basement? I did. You know what? Not years. everybody has books on hermits. <laughs> and so... You probably had a lot of spiritual reading. I did. I did. And included in these books. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more about that. Well, I mean, it was, it just, it blew me away when I realized how many books I had read over how many years about a variety of hermits. And so every time I visited a religious community, I was there a day or two when I said, I don't think this is where you want me, Lord. I don't know where you want me, right? And my son would always pick me up at the airport and say, wrong wrong location, right vocation? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> so, What would you say, just for our listeners, not all our listeners are Catholic, and even Catholics don't necessarily know what a hermit is. What is a hermit, and what is the calling of, uh, of a hermit? Well, there are a lot of hermits, and they're not all Catholic. A hermit is someone who is basically withdrawn from the world to pray. And I, I guess it would be Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. Rejoice always, pray unceasingly. Yes. So a hermit prays unceasingly, you might say. Even if they're in a grocery store, they might be praying the Jesus prayer coming up and down the aisles. Who knows right, what right. we're doing, right? Right, right, right. right. So, but I think basically it's a prayer life. It's a, it's a it can be a very strict life. You know, we're not in in a convent enclosed. We're like semi-enclosed people. We have to go out. We have to go to mass. We have to go grocery shopping. So we do have to go out among the world, you know. But basically, you're withdrawing. You live in silence, simplicity. And prayer, especially intercessory prayer. I mean, contemplative prayer, but also intercessory yes. prayer. Tell me more about that. Yes. Well, to talk about intercessory prayer... People have always walked up to me and asked me to pray for them for things, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, why are they always asking me to pray for them, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they must look, think I'm holy or something, right? But I, I would. I would say a quick prayer for them, you know. And if they would say things like, you know, pray that my brother is going to be healed of this cancer or something, I, I would say, I'll pray. And then I would say to the Lord, you know, it's I'll pray, but it's your will be done. Yes. And make sure that they can handle it if this person isn't going to make it. Which is definitely, they always say that that's also a sign of a charism, is when people are drawn to you for particular things, you know, it might be, and we're going to talk about that in the second half, a little bit about the, the virtues that every every person is given, are given charisms to be able to use in the service of others and for the glory of God. But describe a little more of a life of a hermit, or at least a general overview. What's kind of a rhythm of life for a hermit? It may vary for particular people, but even for yourself? Well, rhythm is is the key word. It mm-hmm. really is. Every day can be different, but every day I have to keep the day in balance between prayer, work, study, 
leisure, and it and it does fluctuate because, like I said, I'm not in a convent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in a monastery. So, and life is different every day for everybody. So, I don't go to work nine to five, but I do try to have some kind of a same day rhythm. I start with morning prayer. Mm-hmm. Right, I have rosaries that I pray for various reasons. I end with evening prayer and night prayer. But during the day, I'm praying for people who who especially have just asked me and put it in the intercessory prayer book. Yes. It's prayer in between. I mean, you can prayer can be work too, right? Yes. And work can be prayer. So it's more prayer than anything else. Yeah. And, and even that commitment of, like God has set hermits aside to be intercessors. Mm-hmm intercessors for the world and I always say like is the is the world in need of prayer <laughs> yes are our families in need of prayer is our church in need of prayer every you know we need prayer and to have some people that God has set aside to be intercessors many live in community but you live in in a semi cloistered of sorts and mm-hmm. assembly contemplative environment but that's how you describe it mm-hmm. what, what do you think how would you describe I mean how long have you been uh, active in a hermit under Archbishop Laurie about how many years Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. What would you describe a grace um, God's given you through it? God has given me many, many graces. I'm happy to pray for people. I'm, I'm honored if they ask me to tell you the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it it's just been a, a different life of happiness praying for everybody, whether it's President Trump. He's always in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, the, the kid next door who's causing issues with, you know, stealing things out of candy stores or whatever, it's just, I think he's he's given me the grace to, to pray for people. It's hard to answer. Yeah, and prayer is a form of loving. Mm. So it really is kind of an expanding of the heart, interceding before before God, and, and the, it will always bear fruit, whether it's seen or hidden. Well, we are blessed to have Sister Maria Veronica here today. In our second segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about how God gives different people charisms And the awareness of charism is one of the ways that we live out our vocation, whatever our state in life is. So we'll be back after a short break. May God bless you. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic Review. Redemptorist Father John Bauer, a Highland Town son whose eclectic ministry ranged from offering Mass in Spanish in the Caribbean to volunteering for chaplain duty with the U.S. Army in Vietnam to helping professional baseball players at Oriole Park at Camden Yards died December 20th at Stella Maris in Timonium. Father Bauer had just turned 92 on December 4th. A product of what is now Sacred Heart of Jesus Sagrado Carzon de Jesus, Father Bauer received his first sacraments there, attended its parish school, offered his first Mass there in 1956 after his priestly ordination, and resided there until moving to the Redemptorist Retirement Facility at Stella Maris. Father Bauer enlisted in the U.S. Army on Veterans Day, November 11, 1969. He served the Hispanic community at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, then received orders to report to Vietnam in June of 1970. He celebrated Mass and brought the sacraments to the 4th Division in the Central Highlands and then to the 196th Light Infantry. Father Bauer traveled by Jeep and was helicoptered into hot zones. Father Bauer retired from the U.S. Army in 1993 as lieutenant colonel. His final military assignment was at Aberdeen Proving Grounds as a chaplain. After Monsignor Martin Schwallenberger died in 2004, Father Bauer succeeded him as the Catholic chaplain to the Baltimore Orioles. As chaplain to the Orioles, he celebrated Sunday Mass for the hometown team, the visitors, 
and front office and media staff. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. A small group of school sisters of Notre Dame joined teachers and students from Notre Dame Preparatory School in gently nudging shoppers at a North Baltimore grocery store to protect the environment. The Green Advocates encouraged those making their way into the Giant on York Road to swap out plastic shopping bags for reusable cloth hand-sewn by the school sisters of Notre Dame and their staff. Alexia Smith, a 17-year-old senior at NDP, said most of those she approached listened to her pro-environment pitch and happily accepted the earth-friendly bags. Many also paused to look at a portable art gallery featuring environmentally-themed pieces created by members of the AP Studio Art Class that incorporates service learning at the Towson School. The artwork highlighted the damage single-use plastics have on the earth. Sister Virginia Bryan, a 94-year-old school sister of Notre Dame, stitched more than 25 of the reusable bags, which she began working on in August. Care for the environment is one of the spiritual directives of the school sisters of Notre Dame. Organizers said they hope to engage the community in other ways in the coming months and years. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. On behalf of everyone at the Catholic Review, Happy New Year. I'm Kevin Parks. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to The Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice a week updates, just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at CatholicReview.org. That's Catholic Review. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. What a great blessing to have Sister Maria Veronica here. And here's someone who discovered she just had a unique path in her, her own vocation. Here she had felt a, a, an attraction to religious life. I felt God was calling her to married life. And then she's now professed as a hermit under Archbishop Laurie. In a formal way, really, it's a life of love, 
of hidden love of interceding for for others. One of the the gifts that God gives to every person, especially through our baptism, is the gift of charisms. That uh, God gives certain, not just the gifts of the Spirit, but certain charisms for the building and for the good of the church. Can you tell us what's your understanding of of charisms and what they are? Well, I hadn't really heard of charisms uh, for a long time in my own life. And then a friend of mine asked me to take a test, a charism test. And I took the test, right, and it came back with some charisms were more stronger than others, but two of the charisms turned out to be discernment of spirits, and one was intercessory prayer. So I had no clue I had charisms. That's right. (laughs) Probably most people don't. No. I don't think we hear about it enough that that God gives certain charisms. St. Paul speaks about these, at least in Scripture, I mean, everything from people could have a charism of of prophecy or even healing or in the broader sense, there can be charisms like hospitality or encouragement. Some people have a charism of teaching or pastoring. Other people have the charism of woodworking or even or working with their hands or artists or musicians. But speak a little bit more about your understanding of just charisms in general. Well, because I didn't know about the charisms, I think I recognize things in some people but didn't realize they had a name. Right. You know, there's a priest that I know who has a charism of healing. And if, if he prays for someone, they normally get healed. Yeah. So encouragement, I was told I had the, the gift of encouragement by another priest. And I thought, well, you know, I guess I'm always trying to be encouraging to people. Maybe I do. But it showed up on the charism test that I do. Right. <laughs> so, and the charism test is, there's one of the charisms tests is connected with the Catherine of Siena Institute. Mm-hmm. And, and Sherry Waddell has uh, done some wonderful work for decades mm-hmm. on this of really forming the charisms. So a person takes a test, but then they go through a discernment process where they kind of trust out their charisms to say, are these, just because I took a test doesn't guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Can you speak more about that, of, of what, what that process was like? Well, when I met with a woman who was helping me to make the discernment, just our conversations, I think, told her which charisms were were true. Right. And and some were, like I said, more than others, you know, stronger. So It's interesting with the charisms. The charisms are given supernatural gifts given to a person that when they use it, they can do it with ease and it has great effect. Mm. And others, people notice it in them. So it's one thing. So there's the natural. There may be people on a natural level that might be encouraging but when the charism of encouragement is being lived out in a person's life, it has great effect, mm-hmm. kind of an up-a-notch effect, and people notice it and just say, you know, that I, I experienced something. That can be with the gift of counsel or the charism of wisdom, that, and not just the gift of the spirit of wisdom, but can really have great effect that God uses them to, to give insights or, again, discernment of spirits is one of those charisms. What, what is the charism of discernment of spirits? Well, I seem to have the gift of being able to detect good and evil in people. And my husband used to say to me, you can't judge people. And I said, I'm not judging that individual, but it'll show up that there's something not right here. And it did. It always showed up, whether they were a thief or whatever it was. And I, I really, I think I just learned today in talking to a young lady that I can discern good too, because I asked her if she thought she had a vocation and she said yes. Yeah. So... It's, it's there. <laughs> I can't hide it. I, you know, it's there. 
And it's like a spiritual sense. So in some ways, St. Ignatius at Loyola would teach us that people can grow in a basic understanding of the discernment of spirits, mm-hmm. of how to recognize what's from God and what's not from God. There's kind of ways that we can learn from natural slash supernatural means. Mm-hmm. But then there's also charism, who people who have an up-and-notch ability to say, ah, there's something mm-hmm. off here, right. or great goodness. Mm-hmm. And even the sense of, I have a sense of this uh, about you, and then... A person can wait to say, is, is that your sense of that? Have you ever considered that? And when it, when it resonates deeply with the person, it's one of those signs of, mm-hmm. wow, when the person has those insights on a regular basis, that might be a charism of the discernment of spirits. And I, I think what's even more fascinating is because when St. Paul uses the words, we're all members of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and, and there's different parts of the body, that each one of the charisms have uh, different elements that are gifts to the body. And not everybody has all the charisms. God leaves us literally dependent on others in his beautiful providence. <laughs> yes. What would be some of the examples of people you've met or things that have happened where you realize, wow, they have this charism or that charism. Can you give any examples of that, of things that you've noticed after the more you've learned about charisms? Well, like I said about the one priest, you know, I know he has the charism of healing. Nobody could deny that far as the other charisms, I probably know somebody who has one of every charism. I remember realizing that there's people that are wonderful musicians, hmm. but I've met people with a charism of music, that they have an ability to write and sing in a way that's like, wow, there is God all over it. Hmm. And there's something where it just brings great consolation and great joy and great love of the Lord through a charism of music. I feel like that, that gift of artists that God can really inspire a creativity and a love of the Lord through music. And I think of also, I think of the charism of administration. You think about some of the saints, hmm. you know, like Teresa of Avila that's reforming how many convents or St. John Bosco that never had money to, to, to establish these orphanages and other, other encounters with young people. And just they would be able to do like almost impossible things. Catherine of Drexel that's starting all of these homes or, or uh, Mother Cabrini mm-hmm. with hospitals or Mother Mary Lang. You know, that all of these people are giving gifts and they're able to do things that are like so up a notch that you're like, how are they doing it? It's through the grace of God, through one of the charisms God's given them. Mm-hmm. And if we only knew of those graces. Right. Yeah. It, it's just it's just really, really life changing. Sister Maria Veronica, if someone came to you and just said, like, how do I even begin to grow closer to the Holy Spirit and just to be open to God in my life? Like, what would you say? Well, I think I would tell them, first of all, that they could pray to the Holy Spirit for some enlightenment. Uh, There are books out there on the Holy Spirit. There are prayers. There are novenas. You could probably talk to a priest and ask for direction. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will come into flame if you if you blow on it a <laughs> you little ask. bit. You know, they, honest, that's right. The Holy Spirit will show up. He lights fires. That's right. <laughs> he does. The fire of God's love. I remember someone taught me a three-word prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. There you go. It's that simple. Right. In fact, we can even just ask the Holy Spirit to come down upon all our listeners. Mm. That we might be even drawn even closer to the Lord who loves us. The Holy Spirit might inflame our hearts. Mm-hmm. And... Who doesn't want a new Pentecost? Amen. Great openness. That what do they say? Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. So why don't we ask the Lord's blessing today as we as we conclude this time? Let's pray. Just in your mind, those words: Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just ask for a deeper sensitivity 
to you, to your promptings, to your inspirations. A deeper awareness that anything that's not of you, to cast it out, especially any fears or exaggerated anxieties, they might be cast out. You might be more open to the charisms that God has given each one of us, to be open to all those graces. So, Holy Spirit, uh, be with us, be with all of our listeners, be with all our families, and just to ignite the fire of God's love that might burn brightly within us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister Mary Veronica, what a great, great blessing. Uh, We thank you for your vocation. It's not every day someone hears about uh, a hermit, someone who's a dedicated life of prayer, of intercession for the world. So we thank you for the behind the scenes. They say that contemplatives and intercessors are like the lungs, the lungs of the church where they they, um, pump out holy grace and and your hidden life uh, has great effects. So many blessings to you and we thank you for your witness and and presence. Great. God bless you. Well, I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Baltimore. Uh, May God bless you. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.